we got to let it play out. <laughs> How are you? Hey, yes, I'm very well, thank you. Well, nice to speak to you. I haven't spoken to you for uh, probably many years. My name's Matthew Crawley. Nice to speak with you again. Um, I very think we, good to speak to you, Matthew. Yeah, yeah we used to good. we used to have regular chats we on on did here. Indeed, um, yeah. And I'm just moonlighting on a Monday. I'm I'm normally the Tuesday Tuesday boy, but here we are. And how's things? Very What's very going good. on with you this week? Uh, well, um, you know, this is Waitangi Week. That's Lots of right. interesting things in politics and society <laughs> and everything, really, at the moment. Oh, tell me yeah. about it. Are you are you heading yeah. up? Or have you got anything particular happening tomorrow? No, no. I, I have been there before um, on the side, and it is incredibly interesting, but it's also incredibly noisy and crowded and chaotic, right. and you cannot get a decent place to stay. Oh, so fair enough. I prefer, I prefer to hang around... Tamaki Makaro on such a day. Right, right. And you can celebrate and uh, think about things in your own way. I understand that. Precisely, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, very nice. Well, today we are talking about... You tell me. I'm excited. we're talking about the building of a mandir, a Hindu temple, on a Muslim site in India. This uh-huh. happened on the 22nd of last month. Right. And since then, um, it's been the source of enormous tension in India because what it's showing up is an Indian government, the BJP party, finally lets its Hindu hair down, if you like, right. and shows very, very clearly that it is far from a supporter of the secular state, which was the basis upon which India was founded. Uh-huh. So this is a this is a kind of a crossroads moment, is it? A bit of a turning point? I think this is a crossroads moment, and I'm interested that um, a number of reporters and commentators have thought that. Um, you know, admittedly, I mean, the story about the site is interesting because um, that this new temple which when it's finished and it's quite strange that it was consecrated before it was finished and some hindus think that's totally inappropriate and some crucial hindu um, leaders were absent because they disapproved of holding a consecration before it had been finished Mm. but it's the site that's significant so it's being built in the city called ayodhya in uttar pradesh and it's believed by many Hindus to be the site of Ram, where Ram was born, or Rama was born. And so it's, a, it's the child Rama. And Rama, if you know um, anything about Hinduism, is a very important, uh, perhaps the most significant, of the incarnations of Vishnu. So uh, to build a temple on such a site is seen as auspicious and significant for right. Hindus. But it was built on a site that was previously a mosque. Mm. How long ago? That Well, so it was a mosque. It was built in about the 15th century. Nobody seems quite sure how long. And um, when, in, when India was divided between India and Pakistan in 1949, shortly after the um, completion of the foundation of India, uh, a, a, a crowd seized the mosque, and it wasn't used as a mosque thereafter. Uh-huh. And then in 1992, there was a huge rampage in the city, and all sorts of quite prominent people took part in this rampage to tear down the mosque. Uh-huh. And at that time, they announced that they wanted to rebuild the temple, and they claimed 
that in fact there was archaeological evidence that under the mosque site there was evidence of a temple. And um, this all ends up in the Supreme Court um, asking whether it was valid to do this. And in 2019, India's Supreme Court ruled that they accepted the archaeological evidence. Mind you, I mean, as far as I can see, I mean, from my experiences in India, there's been some sort of evidence of Hinduism on just about every site in India. Yeah. So it'd be surprising if they hadn't found something. It's a little bit, it's a but, kind of, you know, saying saying um, we like that there was something there before that maybe, how many years did you say, 500 years later or something yes, like that? Yes, 500 years. 500 later, seems to be like a little bit like, um, you know, the... It's remote. It's remote. Yeah, <laughs> what are, you know, the... It's in public. It's like that's sort of that's historic now, rather than uh, you know. There's there's yes, been a new right. precedent set, maybe. Um, but look, I'm not weighing yeah. in. I'm not weighing. Just to be clear, I'm not weighing in. Um, I'm just yeah. asking the questions. Um, but and so as a result, um, there's been some some more well, violence. Significant communal violence, yeah. and this is not surprising because um, this was clearly seen by the BJP and by the Prime Minister um, as enormously significant for India. Um, you know, he planned the event and, in fact, took very, very careful control of the circumstances because he wanted it to be the great achievement of the BJP mm. in 2024. Right. And so its, its political significance has been exploited by the government, and I was interested to see that um, just today in his Congress party, the original secular party that once dominated India but hasn't done so for the past 25 years, um, they have been continuing to express very strong criticism that this is deliberately stirring up ethnic violence. Uh And I think there's a lot of evidence that it is because right not just in Uttar Pradesh, which is a very tense state anyway, but um, right throughout India, there's been a burst of violence which have involved sacking of mosques and sacking of churches, mm. the other religious minor, significant religious minority in, in India. And I was intrigued to read today that over in the northeast state of Manipur, so... Th- which is the one part of India where there's significant Christian presence with the Kuki tribe, mm-hmm. um, there's been a huge amount of ethnic um, tension been going on there for the past couple of years. And it reached another little spectacular moment yesterday mm. when the Kuki stuck across on one of the hills and then rampaging mobs of Hindus came up to tear it down and said that this was offensive to them. Now, the Kuki tend to be the hill country people, and um, the Manti, the other people, um, are the, uh, control the lowlands. So um, it seems more likely that it's a Christian site. But of course, across it, you can see from the top of a hill, is inflammatory. And yeah. it does look as though. I mean, ethnic tensions are just exploding all over India at the moment. Right. Oh, so, is there a question, what next, or, uh, you know? Well, I mean, the logical what next would be that the government would step in to calm tensions, to pull back, to tell people, you know, to calm down. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't think that is what's going to happen. Sounds like they're kind of into it. um, Leadership. And so I think they'll be looking for other games, for other opportunities to push especially Muslims back in their place. Mm. And, you know, uh, the ugly moments from the foundation of India when Muslims, when they were had to leave um, their countries and go to Pakistan and what was then East Pakistan, Bangladesh now, um, uh, there was an enormous amount of killing and it was estimated that perhaps one and a half million Muslims were killed <sighs> in the inter-ethnic struggle in 1947-48. Well, it, it would be just a nightmare if this were to happen all again. Well, I wish I could say there wasn't a precedent for that sort of stuff happening, you know, going on at the moment. that's what worries me. You see, it plays against a very, very tense world Mm. um, in terms of Muslims defending against violence. Yeah. Um, So could the Middle East issue play into the hands, I wonder? Yeah. Well, I hope not. (laughs) I hope not. You know, there's there's enough... um, there's a little bit too much intolerance floating around at the moment, Peter, I have to say. Well, not sure what to well, do about it, but I'm, I'm not into and, it. Well, I, uh, we may not be into it, but remember we are playing our little part in this too in sending um, a mission to help against the Houthi. Um, yeah, so, it's... you know, all of this, it's as though on top of the uh, conflict between Israel and, and Palestine... There's a layer of tension that is trying to read the interesting scholars of the Middle East on a Western versus Eastern framework. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. a pretty uncomfortable way to read it. It is, and it feels, it does, it feels entirely gross that we're weighing in. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, but the, and uh, even just with what's happening here at home. Um, and you know we'll be hopefully addressed tomorrow or discussed tomorrow like that stuff too it's uh, you know dividing seems to be the um, chief tactic of those in charge at the moment Um, yes and 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 Matthew I think I mean one interesting point is that when there's big violence happening in other parts of the world we tend to take more notice of violence happening at home Mm. you know you read one you read your local situation against a backdrop a backdrop and that's a pretty disturbing thought. Yeah, it is. Well, listen, on that, t- on that <laughs> lovely <laughs> note, um, yeah. I have actually had a text from somebody, um, and we don't have yeah. time to discuss it today, but just for your, just for, to put in your diary and um, discuss for another day, someone's texted in to say, interested to know about the Rosicrucians. Cheers, Keith. Oh, okay. So, I'd love to talk about the Rosicrucians with you sometime. Rosicrucians another time. But um, honestly, yeah, what a pleasure to speak with you, um, even though um, the world is falling apart. And, um, you know, it's not, It's good to, It's good to acknowledge it. It's good to talk about it so we know about it. Precisely. Yes. Precisely. All right. Well, lovely to chat, and um, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much, Peter. See you again, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> That was indeed.